Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Higher Brain Pattern Podcast. Uh, my name is Draseko, a.k.a. Drake, and uh, I'm here today with a very special guest. Um, he runs the YouTube channel uh, Got Mit Uns. I uh, don't know if I said that right. <laughs> and uh, this is Reuven. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Really yeah. great to be here. Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for being on. It means a lot to me. Um, no, yeah. So, and yeah, you had some questions about, um, I guess, history and the Bible. And uh, so, yeah, I'm here to answer your questions. Anything you got? For sure. Uh, before uh, before we get into questions, just uh, how, how have you been, man? How is it running uh, your YouTube channel? <laughs> um, well... Not not the greatest, like it's like it depends, you know, like um it's it's hard with like it's with all the censorship and um it, it's very controversial topics that I discuss. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like I feel like I'm surrounded by you know, on one on one corner, I've got the communists coming after me. On the other corner, I've got the Jews coming after, like the Orthodox religious Jews coming after me. They've backed down lately, but uh, you know, Catholics. Like, I feel like I'm fighting every Christian denomination. <laughs> I'm fighting the I'm fighting the Muslims. I'm fighting Antifa. I feel like, you know, I'm just surrounded. Um, so it's exhausting at the same time i'm just i'm just being silenced and censored so even when i try you know someone might say something on my bit shoot channel and i can't even write a reply i can't even defend myself or you know try to make a correction in this, what this person is saying or 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 anything and the same thing happens to me on bright like all these free speech platforms just delete what i say they remove my videos they don't let me de- upload anymore yeah and yet they they present themselves as you know free speech platforms and it's not like i'm <laughs> like i don't think i'm saying anything too crazy and evil like i don't think i'm an evil guy um well i feel so like it's difficult i feel like a lot of times um like your stance is just kind of challenge the norm um, and what a lot of people think is normal. So I think that people may not accept that because they don't want to um, accept anything that isn't what they already believe, almost like like the Pharisees, you know. Um, so like yeah, I, most people, most people are either set in their ways or like I think the hardest part in my journey was the, the day where I, I finally had enough of lies. And um, I said to myself that I don't want to lie ever again, and I don't want to hear another lie ever again. Um, and if I hear a lie, I'm going to call it out. And the hardest part, I would say, was the day that I decided that from here on out, I'm going to be honest with myself first. 
and I'm going to go where the truth takes me, whether I like it or not. I think that was one of the most difficult decisions and the hardest things I've had to to stand by um, is just saying, okay, um, honest with myself, this isn't about me proving uh, myself right or my beliefs right because I could be wrong. And if someone challenges me and if what they say makes more sense than what I thought, then I'm going to start changing my, my path. And that was a hard, um, hard choice. I'd say a hard thing that I didn't internalize. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, when Christ decided to start speaking the truth to the people that lived in Judea, uh, a lot of people weren't very receptive to what he had to say either. And he ultimately died for it, you know? So I feel like whenever anyone um, opens up about the truth, people are always going to be there to try and uh, stomp him out, you know? Yeah, well, and and you'll get the opposite, too. You'll you'll get people who just love you. Um, just so, like, very appreciative that you become, like, a, a breath of fresh air to them that, you know, amongst all this, you know, darkness, they found some light or, um, but yeah, it's like without Jesus and, and the apostle Paul and the prophets, like really like when I examine my walk, uh, through all this, it's like, I feel like I can, I can relate to so, so many of the prophets and and it's, it's amazing because when you know say the prophet jeremiah was living his life he had no idea as he's living his life and as he's going through his trials and his persecution and, and his imprisonment and he, he's he's doing the same as jesus he's fighting the authorities and he's one of them he's 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 a levite priest turned prophet who's now speaking against his own family against um, his own king and to the point where he's being thrown in jail and you know when he's living this he has no idea that his story is going to be written down and then thousands of years later some guy like me or another some other guy thrown in prison or anyone else is going to read his life and just relate to it and just be like wow um, so if it wasn't for the life of Christ if it wasn't or the prophets like Jeremiah or or the Apostle Paul, you know, like this this I we at least can expect this because we have their stories to go to. We can relate to them. We can go, wow, um, it's not this just because you went to jail doesn't mean you're a criminal. Sometimes the criminals are actually running the courts and they're throwing good guys in prison. Because they're the real criminals. Like Jesus went to, you know, when Jesus gets arrested or Paul gets arrested. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jer- Jeremiah thrown in prison. Oh, they've got criminal records. Does it make them bad? No. In fact, the authority were the people that were bad. So without, I couldn't imagine being them and not having their stories to relate to. Unlike me, 2,000 years you know, 2,500 years in the future from these people. And I can at least say I have their stories and I, I know what's coming for me. I know 
that when I stand up against these people, okay, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna beat me. They're gonna throw me in jail. They're gonna slander me. They might even kill me. You know, so at least I have their stories to turn to, and I have the warnings there. Yeah. Um. So I thought maybe now we can start off with the uh, the first question, um, if you will. It's uh, what is the difference between the Jews and the Israelites? All right, and that's a good. That's a great question, um, and that can vary from different groups are going to have, I guess, different definitions for this, but just sticking to the biblical definitions. Um, and, uh, you know, technically the all Jews are Israelites, but not all Israelites are Jews. So I would ask, what is the difference between being from Canada and the United States of America? What's the real difference there? Um, both Canada and the United States, they come from the same, the people there come, like the original people, we can say, uh, they, they come from the same tree, they just branched out, okay, the original founders were mainly French, English, and, and German, and then, you know, later you might have the Italians and, and stuff, but, um, and just as before that, the French and the English were once Germanic, right, so they branch out from the Germanic tree. Um, the difference would be um, that they they all they're all from the Semitic branch that then branched into the, the branch of the Hebrews and from Hebrews uh, you get Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who is renamed to Israel, and Israel had twelve sons and adopted. Um, his one son, Joseph, two sons. So Israel technically had 12 sons and two adopted sons, so 14. And the Jews uh, would be one of these 14 branches. And then later, so what you have is the Jews, the patriarch, the founder would be a man named Judah. Yeah. And Judah starts as a man, then becomes a family, then becomes a tribe, and then eventually becomes a nation of people, right? Starting with, with this man. But Israel's his father. So what, what, what happened was by the time Judah had become a king, Israel had become a kingdom, um, Judah was the dominant tribe, just like he was the dominant brother. And eventually, when there was a civil war between uh, the, the, the two powerhouses of, of, of Israel, and Judah kept, the Jews kept their, their, their name Judah, and they became the kingdom of Judah, and the Israelites became, um, the northern tribe kept the name Israel. Um, and that was, uh, promised to one of the adopted sons of Israel, which was Joseph, Joseph, Joseph um, second-born son Ephraim. So, um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, I mean, but so, to, to to me it does for sure because I've I've watched all your videos uh, in depth, you know. So, but 
I, I okay, think, so I, but I'm trying to think that how do you there's they're really brother tribes, okay? The 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 Jews. Um, now this can be a more complicated um, question because depending on what era in time that definition of Jew might change a bit, right? Like a Jew at the time of Jesus you know, the Jews kind of transform into like an ideology where it's not about being a tribe anymore. It's not about being a kingdom anymore. It's kind of like Rome. How did the Roman empire survive? It transformed into an ideology known as the, you know, the Orthodox and Catholic church, right? So Rome still exists today in ideological form, just like um, this, the, the ideology that came from the Jews exists today in, you know, Talmudic Judaism. So, but I would say that all Jews are Israelites, but not all Israelites are Jews. They're, they, they're uh, brothers that they became nations and then they became, um, you know, hostile towards each other. And no different than you could say the French and the British. They started off in Germany and ended up killing each other all throughout history. And, um, and yeah, and that's it. Even Americans, you look at Americans, uh, people from Texas, they're not the same as, uh, as people from New York, but they are cut from the same tree. Yeah. They just branched out. Well, I just, I, like, the perception of, um, I think most Christians, like, if I'm talking to, to another Christian, they'll tell me that. They'll describe everyone in the Bible as Jews, you know, and uh, I started looking into um, your videos and, like, other people, like uh, Rob Skiba, and um, kind of, like, understanding that, you know, Jews are not the only people in the Bible, and when uh, it talks about, like, the chosen people, um, if anything, the descendants of Ephraim would be the chosen people, so... I mean, after watching your videos, um, I guess that really like uh, shined a light on that that whole subject for me. It opened up a whole new part of the Bible for me, you know. So, um, thank you for that. Yeah, well, like the uh, what was fascinating there, and you know, like I'll tell you a story. I was sitting um, in the streets of Montreal at a like some kind of at a bar that it was some kind of like language exchange where you go to practice various languages with people that are also trying to practice these languages. And there's this one Orthodox Jew who was there like in full Orthodox, like, you know, dress, like looked like a rabbi. Yeah. And we're sitting at a table together with a bunch of random people. And one girl asked the Jew, you know, how does it work? There's, there's like 12 tribes and the Orthodox Jew said, yeah, there's 12 Jewish tribes. And I stopped the Orthodox Jew and I said, no, 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 there are 12 tribes of Israel. The Jews are one of the 12 tribes, but there's technically 14. But for anyways, and, but the look on his face, you know, and I'll be, he was a very honest Jew. Yeah. And he looked at me in shock. It's like a light bulb went off in his head. And he looked at me and said, "Oh my, you're you're absolutely right." 
That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it, but but it punched him in the face too. In that moment, like he ne- never looked at it like that either, because not just our Christians, but Jews themselves are so conditioned. Like how many times, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu was on the television. And he was going on about how Jews have always been advisors. You know, Jews have always been advising kings, starting with Joseph. Joseph was a Jew who advised Pharaoh. <laughs> and I'm thinking about that. And it's just, you know, and no one thinks to go, well, no, Ju- Joseph is the brother of Judah, who's going to father the Jews. And Joseph's also going to be the enemy of this. Of, of Judah who fathers the Jews. But in Benjamin Netanyahu's crazy head, Joseph is a Jew. Yeah. And, 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 and so it's just ingrained in all of us. And I do think that God is probably the author here and probably, probably was the one who bl- blinded this all, blinded us all to this because it's so obvious. Like if you pick up the Bible and you read it and <laughs> And you kind of go, how did I miss this? How did how did nobody how did nobody see this? Right? Yeah. Well, there I th- there's information in the Bible that if if you don't know like this topic specifically, if you don't know that they're that like the chosen people are the sons of Ephraim, and that there are the Jews are just one of the tribes, there's like stuff like in Hosea in Ezekiel that won't make any type of sense to you if you try to read it because it talks about the firstborn son the the person that has the birthright so just wild to me honestly um no the whole bible changes completely like upside down all of history changes when 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 you see this like um and now all of a sudden because the jews never became multiple nations the jews never birthed multiple kings and kingdoms they they always stayed jews they might have lived in these kingdoms but the promise made to abraham isaac jacob and then the sons of joseph is that they would be scattered around the world and that they would become multiple nations and peoples, and that the world would be blessed through them the jews don't partake in that blessing that's not for them right well, I, th- I think it's funny too the um, the meaning of Ephraim and Manasseh's name, uh, fruitful and forgetful. <laughs> yeah, I have an I have an obsession with names and and um, learning people's names and learning the roots of their names. Um, I always look at that uh, something I always look at, and I remember. Um, <laughs> seeing that that their names literally meant fruitful and forgetful and it's just because i think like all names are prophecies i think i think there's so much to your name that your name tells you a story uh, who you are and in a way forms your destiny and um yeah i, I thought i thought that was really interesting too and uh when you notice that their names are fruitful and forgetful and that's or um uh, and that's exactly what they did. They be they were fruitful and forgot. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I think God has a sense of humor, honestly. Like uh, the fact that their names are that. I'm sure there's uh, many other cases of um, 
names that we don't even think about uh, and their meanings. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if, if you um, if you tell if, if you read the the sons of Israel's names in order um, in older Hebrew, it tells the story of Jesus. Um, just like if you read, um, the, the 10 first names in the Bible, starting with Adam in, in the, the genealogy there, I think in chapter, is it six or five? I think it's chapter five. Um, like when you start with Adam and then you end, like the, 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 the names translate to man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing comfort. Yeah, I've... and that's if you just read the first ten names. Um, the the first ten names in the Bible tell the whole plot of the Bible. Um, well, it's it's crazy and... that God leaves clues behind um, for us. You know what I mean? And the fact that people aren't really coming to see this until until now, uh, like it's taken this long. Um, for the veils to be lifted uh, from our eyes. And well, I... I think, I think, I think God, God does have a serious sense of humor, um, and everything gets revealed in its own time. Like it's even the, anything I'm sharing with you guys, um, I don't think I've discovered anything. I think I've rediscovered some things. There's, there's some things that. I've never heard anyone else mention before, for sure. But it's God. Like, for anyone to actually, like, something I love about the prophets is they do such amazing work and they accomplish so many amazing things. And Daniel, for instance, taught so much wisdom. And never once does the guy go, Oh, look at how smart I am. Yeah. The guy's like, No, no, I owe this to God. And, and that's, I love that approach and that God could have used anyone else to do the same thing. And that there's no, no, none of us have any, you know, we're all working together and trying to solve this mystery and we all have a part to play and no one's better than the other. No one, you know, I don't consider myself smarter than, than, than other people. I just see the world different and, um, so God reveals, I think, everything in its own time to, to, to people and, and it's up to us to relay the message, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, uh, we're his servants, you know, and, um, it's our jobs to, to do his will, you know, so. Um, yeah, and that and that can be the hardest part too is un, is understanding that it's it's his will be done. You know, that's another hard pill to swallow. You might not understand. You know, God, why did you? Why did you take? You know, my why is my friend dead? Why did this terrible thing have to happen? Or why did this terrible thing have to happen to me? Yeah. And. It might might it won't might not make sense to you in that moment, but but one day you know what ten years later you you might say you know what wow I'm sure glad that happened to me, because um, now I can help this person get through their problem. Um, 
you know, when people were building skyscrapers in New York and they didn't have any safety standards and all these guys were getting killed, well, their deaths eventually brought in laws, legislation, work, you know, workers' rights, and paved the way so that we can have, you know, workers didn't have to be scared to go to work anymore. Like, bad things happen and God takes the bad and transforms it into something good. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I think I think he does it all the time. I think he does it uh, every day and we don't realize it, you know, so... And we don't see it and we don't appreciate it. Um, we kind of touched uh, the next two questions already. Um, why do people think Jews are God's chosen people? Um, God, who is God's <laughs> chosen people? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we already went over it, kind of. Uh, you can talk more about well, it just, if you would I, like. I'd just like to add that it's... I'll just add a few things to that. Like, I, I just, again, I do think it's the churches. Um, our pastors, I think, really failed us. Our churches really failed us. I really do believe that our churches were infiltrated and taken over. Um, and majority of church pastors today, they're just, they're just, I, I've never found a church I was welcomed in. Um, I was kicked out of most churches for simply reading the Bible, um, or asking questions. And, uh, I, I do, so, so I do think there's, um, and a lot of people are opening churches. Like what I noticed with a lot of the church pastors in, in one of the cities I lived in, a lot of them had degrees in psychology mm. and business. Really? And I'm like, uh, that's a weird combination. That, that's a very a weird combination. Have a degree in mind mind manipulation <laughs> and business, and you're running a tax free enterprise. Um. And uh, I went to his church, and right away I saw this guy was uh, a con artist, like like one sermon. So I do think a lot of the reasons why people think Jews are the chosen people is they've just been taught by the the, the pastors, right? Our pastors, our churches have failed us. Uh, the Vatican too, like also the churches in the past were very anti-Semitic, were very anti-Jew. Uh, the Orthodox Church, the Catholic Church, and they were excuse me, they, they were completely infiltrated. And so I do think that's one reason. Um, and to say who, who are God's chosen, cho who are the chosen people today? Well, I, like, like there's this Christian movement called Christian Identity, and they're pretty much like white Jews. They, they believe that Europe are the true Israelites, and they're the true chosen people. And that it's, and that God is only for them. And uh, I don't. I will always judge a man by their merit. I will always judge a person, never by the color of their skin. Maybe initially, yeah. You know, maybe the first thing I might do is see a, a black guy and think one way, or a Chinese guy and think one way, or an Indian guy. You know, the stereotypes will come into your head, but at the end of the day, it's how this guy is going to behave and my interactions with him over time that are going to tell me what kind of man, what kind of man he is. 
And for, so for me, the chosen people are the people who follow Christ, listen to Paul, and do the will of God. These are, to me, the true chosen people. It's not, um, I mean, you can, you can say that Ephraim and Manasseh will always be blessing the world. Um, but I also think that it was our job to teach the other nations, um, to be teachers and guides and not use our knowledge to enslave them, but use, use our knowledge to teach about God. Um, and, uh, so who are the chosen people? I say those who do the will of God are God's chosen people. Uh, I agree. I agree for the most part. Uh, I mean, well, I guess I'd say that I agree all the way. Um, have have you uh, heard of the there's the cultivated olive tree and then the wild olive tree and the cultivated olive tree is um, like the descendants of Abraham and the wild olive tree is everyone that isn't and uh, Romans eleven basically talks about um, like bringing in the the wild olive tree and making it a part the wild ones grafting them into the tree yeah. Um, yeah, and I and I do believe that. I think uh, I think that's what uh, our job is as Christians are is to, or that's what our job as Christians is is to try and like reach out to everyone and uh, show them what the truth is. Um, and you know, it says that uh, I'm not sure where it says this, but basically, like anyone that is of the cultivated olive tree, if they do not produce good fruit, then God will cut them off just as he'll cut away the, the wild olive tree, you know? So, um, exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of that's really telling with, uh, you know, God's character. Like he, uh, he promised Abraham something. He followed through and has blessed Abraham's generations up until now. And, he loves the world so much that he wants to, he wants everyone to have that blessing and everyone to be saved, you know? So that's why I think that, um, I I don't care what anyone says, like no one can ever take away, um, what Christianity really means, uh, from me, because what it means to me is that God almighty loves me, loves you, loves everyone so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us, and that's that's really powerful, you know. And I, I try not to, I try not to lose the importance of that every single day I wake up, because um, it's it's easy to just get wrapped up in you know everyday life and kind of forget what God did for you. But yeah, uh, no, and you got to think about that. That like you nailed it, like that that's a level of love and people will insult God. I've heard people mock that. Like like what you just considered, like you can see the beauty in that. You can see, um, well, to me, it's incomprehensible. I I can't comprehend it. I, I, it's one thing for me to say, okay, I'm going to go die for my friend. Um, I'm going to go to war and die for my country. But for me to say to my son, Son, you see those wretched people over there? 
Well, your job is to go save them from themselves for me, and they're going to kill you. <laughs> but I love those pieces of garbage so much that, you know what I mean? It's a love. I have no problem sending myself off on a one-way one way mission. But for you to ask me to send my only son to go on that mission, man, that's, <laughs> that's a love I just can't. Can't wrap my mind around it, you know. Most yeah. people, when asked if 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 your your neighbor and your dog were both drowning and you could only save one, which would you save? Most people say they'll save their they'd save their dog. <laughs> um, God is saying, "I love you, piece of garbage, so much that I'm willing to to send my son to die for you, so that you can you can be forgiven." And, but see, like to me, God is also the God who takes responsibility. The Bible admits that God created us, he created things crooked, like we're not perfect. Um, so God might have, God provides the remedy inside his own, inside his creation. He's the God who takes responsibility for his creation. Yeah, and he does sure. it through love and sacrifice. Um... You uh, want to go to the next question? Um, I think the next question um, you're asking here is, so can I give a few examples of the Israelites blending into the European nations? And there's a lot of ways, different ways you can look at that. I mean, you can go to the scriptures themselves. Um, I'm pretty sure we have the first book of Maccabees, chapter 12, verse 20 to 21. I think openly calls the, the Dorian Spartans the children of Abraham, and yeah. that's that's a huge deal. That's a big, and Josephus Josephus confirms that in Antiquity of the Jews, I think chapter book twelve, I think chapter four. Um, so he requotes the book of Maccabees. A lot of the Josephus um, Josephus obviously had um, the records. Uh, a lot of these books, because what I find whenever I read Josephus and 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 read his work with the uh, like the apocrypha has been removed from most Western Bibles, so there's a lot of good information and good history in those uh, in the apocrypha. So this book I'm quoting, the first book of Maccabees, that openly called the Spartans, the Dorian Greeks, the Spartans, the children of Abraham, that has been removed from our Bible. So there's a big clue removed from most Western Bibles. Um, so you can also talk about Josephus, I think, Antiquity of the Jews in Book 11, I think, where he openly says that the 10 tribes are beyond the Euphrates River. And that could also, if you look at the way that the Euphrates is curved, he's also saying beyond the Caucasian Mountains. They're beyond, they'd be into Scythia, into Europe. Um, so you can look at the nation Carthage, Rome's greatest rival, which was, uh, and this, this bothers me a lot is it's, they call it a Phoenician colony. And it's important to understand that what we consider Phoenicians, people who come from Lebanon, um, in the ancient world, like the Phoenicians are credited for giving us our alphabet. Oh, it's Phoenician. 
look, the Phoenicians didn't call themselves Phoenicians. That's a Western, um, that's like Egyptians didn't call themselves Egyptians back in the day. Um, that's a Western, that's a name that the Greeks and the Romans gave. And it's the same with this word Phoenician. This is a Western, how we, we call these people. The Phoenicians called themselves the Canoi, the Danoi, the Canaanites. Okay, they came from the land of Canaan. And if you compare, in my next video that I I'm, I'm, should have up, I talked about this a little bit. Because Paleo-Hebrew, Ancient Hebrew, and Phoenician are the same thing. Yeah. And our modern our modern alphabet is based off what scholars say Phoenician, but that's saying okay. So you're saying our alphabet is based off Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, you know. So our alphabet our alphabet tells the story that um, Europe has a connection to the Bible to Hebrew since our alphabet comes from there. The name Europa Europa was a princess who came from the land of Canaan, from northern Israel or Phoenicia, Lebanon. So there's so many, to me, it is, it, it's really almost infinite, you know, just, uh, how many ways you can connect um, Europe to the Bible. Um, all the great empires listed in the Bible, from, you know, Persia, Greece, Rome. The, 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 the Bible takes us through all the great empires of ancient history. You memorize the stories of the Bible and you've memorized ancient history. So, um, uh, so yeah, so that, that question was, um, you know, like what, what are some examples of the Israelites blending into, into the European nations? I mean, again, from the name Europe itself, Europe gets its name from a Phoenician, a princess from Northern Israel. Um, oh, really? The alphabet. Yeah, Europa was a princess from northern Israel. If you study Herodotus, the 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 oldest Greek source we have, Herodotus says that Europa was a uh, what, what back back then. Uh, so we're talking about. I think Herodotus is writing about maybe one thousand or. 1200 BC, something like this. But Herodotus says he's writing in the um, in about. Let me think here. Uh, uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Herodotus is writing in the I think the 400s. Yeah, so in the fifth century BC, um, he was born uh, during the the Medo-Persian War. Uh, the, the Greek Medo-Persian War. So Herodotus records, and he's the father of history, and he records that back then, the Greeks and the Phoenicians, like the the Israelites, the Tyrians, the Sidonians, the people from that came that came from the coast of Israel, the 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 men in boats would actually that when they would go trade, it was very common for them. I'm not kidding, to abduct women <laughs> from, they would go and trade and then they would just grab girls. If there were girls on the shores, these guys would just grab them, throw them on their boats and bring them back home and the girls would never be seen again. <laughs> wow. 
yeah. they would just get to end up married or God knows what would happen to them. And this became a thing that would happen between like the Phoenicians and the Greeks. They would abduct, they would raid each other's women. They would grab their, their, their women and run back to their country. So Europa is technically a princess that was abducted by the Greeks from the Phoenicians. So, so, um, so Europa comes from Israel. She comes from the land of Canaan. That's where the name comes from, from a, a girl that was abducted from the shores. Um, so that's, and that's where you get like the, 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 the mythology behind it too, the rape of Europa where, where Zeus seduces Europa, but she comes from Phoenicia and Phoenicia doesn't mean Lebanon. It means that whole coast of Israel. So yeah, down to the name your the name of our constitution, your Europe, to the alphabet we're using, to the nations that are mentioned, to the the, the Bible itself calling the Dorian Spartans the children of Abraham, like Jesus saying to the Pharisees, to the Jews there, well, you know, I'm gonna where I go, you won't be able to follow me, and immediately the Pharisees, the Jews, start thinking he's gonna go to the Greeks. Yeah. You know, oh no, you know, teach to the to the to the to the, the diaspora among the Greeks in the Greeks because the Jews at this time knew that the the Israelites are in Greece and they have been for hundreds of years. They know that they know they're in Scythia. They know that they're in Persia. They know it's us who have forgotten. Well, I think. I think all of um, everything having to do with Israel blending into um, everything having to do with Israel blending into uh, Japheth, like Europe, um, goes back to Genesis, where um, God says that um, Japheth will go to live in the tents of Shem or something like that, and enlarge yeah, it's Japheth. Yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, it's just crazy how much the Bible telegraphs it to us um, and how much we just, uh, you know, overlook certain things. Because I, I have never heard anyone else really talk about this. I've heard you and maybe a few other, YouTube, like, smaller YouTube channels talk about this. But, like, I feel like this is such a big, that's such a big thing that, like, why isn't every pastor talking about this? Or like trying to dig deeper instead of just uh, you know getting the topsoil of what their Bible says. Well, because they they probably have licensed churches, tax tax exemption. Um, they probably have things to lose. Like when I first started um, doing this, um, like the name that I used for myself wasn't very kosher. Um, I my first channel was called Jews for Hitler. Right? <laughs> and that sounds absolutely insane. Um, but I did that also to defend my my Jewish friends. It was so I began teaching the Bible under the name Jews for Hitler. And this is was my attempt to try to reconcile and stop 
this hatred between the Aryans, the Semitic and Aryan clash that you you just brought up. That um, let's let's uh, let's actually go right to the Bible and let's go and read. So in Genesis nine twenty seven, it says, "God shall enlarge Japheth, which is, are the Aryans, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem." And Canaan shall be his servant. And it's interesting because Canaan are what we call the Phoenicians. Okay, they are the people from Tyra and Lebanon, and they did build the greatest uh, ancient sea tra- trade networks. Um, well, I guess the Romans did in the end, but the, the Canaanites. So this is such a prophetic thing that these Aryans and Semites like. All of history dances around the Aryans and the Semites. But then you have this one son, Canaan, that's going to be his servant. And when you know, like, the story of the Canaanites and their, with, with the role they played in history, it's very true. They really did become the servants of these two, these two brothers that fought one father, the Aryans, one father, the Semites. Um, so. Yeah, so I kind of went on a tangent there. Um, no, it's cool. I actually I have a question now because um, of what, what you were just talking about, the Canaanites. Um, so do you, do you believe in uh, giants in the Bible, or are you someone that is opposed to that belief? No, I'm – yeah, there are a lot of people I, – I clash with a lot of people here. I don't believe in um, – like you brought up Rob Skiba. Yeah. I think he passed away recently. Yeah, he um, did. I think it was maybe two or three months ago, actually. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I know. And he seemed, he, he actually seemed like a really great guy. Um, he seemed, he seemed like a really nice guy, a real fun guy to talk to. But no, I, I totally disagree with, with his teachings because he's teaching from books that I know are jewish folklore that i know like i can debunk um like the 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 book of jasher for instance you know um in some of these books that he quotes from you're going to notice stories where like the jews claim essa killed nimrod the Jews claim that Nimrod was trying to hunt down and kill Abraham. So Abraham was brought to Shem and and Noah. And Noah was still alive. Yeah. So there's a lot of stories in, this, in, in these books that Rob Skiba quotes from. And the only way for these books to be true is if you use the Jewish Masoretic Bible. And the Jews had to change all the all the genealogy, all the numbers. They had to change how long everyone lived in order to make it possible for all these people to live together. So if you go to other manuscripts, the Greek the Greek manuscript, the Septuagint, um, the Samaritan Pentateuch, they don't agree with the Jewish Bible. The Jews made a lot of changes in their Bible to make their folklore possible. So a lot of the books he quotes from 
I know are very easy to debunk if you use the older Bibles, the ones the Jews didn't change. Um, so no, I, I hold, I think there's a, a trans, trans, there's a, a lot of things you have to take into consideration. Um, the, the original language, um, hyperbole, parables, um, you know, we're talking about transmitting an ancient language, um, how these people also viewed the world back then, and they're writing it down, trying to convey a message to us into the future. So it's very easy for us to misunderstand what they were saying and also to understand how limited they were in their ability to communicate. They couldn't talk with the vocabulary we have today, right? Like when you read ancient Hebrew, like in my next video uh, that I'm going to upload, one of the points I'm going to bring up is the word cubit, which is a measurement, and the word woman, uh, one way you can say woman, okay, and this word in Hebrew is amah, they're spelled the exact same way in ancient Hebrew. So how oh, really? do you, how, how do you know, is it, a, are they talking about a cubit or a woman? It's only by the context. So my point is, when you look at these old manuscripts, when you're, there's no periods, there's no commas, there's no spaces between the words. It's, there's no grammar, there's no laws for grammar. It's not as easy as, as how people think. <clears throat> when you go through these old manuscripts and try to make sense of what were these people trying to tell us. And you can see the game that the Gnostics, like my war is with really Gnostics. Um, this, 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 these like Freemasons. Yeah. And what they've done is their goal is to <clears throat> fuse things together that don't really belong together. And they've the version of Christianity I believe that we believe in today. Most most Christians believe in today is Gnostic. We, since the beginning, and Paul even said that the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Paul is already warning us that during his time, these people are already, Paul is already dealing with what we're dealing with today. They were already um, confusing things and adding things and changing things and inventing doctrines. Um, and I think those doctrines prevailed and that's actually, you're going to really see this in my next video. I talk about this a lot. But no, when it comes to giants and fallen angels, um, I do believe in supernatural. Don't get me wrong. Did, did Moses part the sea? Yeah, I do think that. Are there supernatural um, events in the Bible? Uh, yeah, I can't deny that. Um, do I believe in angels? Like, I believe that God has angels. Uh, as in messengers, people he sends. The, the, that word angel is a messenger. It, it doesn't mean Cupid. Like how, how Christians portray angels is, is literally the Roman and Greek gods of carnal sex, of carnal love. Yeah. These winged men are Cupid and arrows. This is, this is the imagery. Um, 
And I think it just gets lost in translation. So I don't think when the Bible's talking about an angel it wants us to picture the Greek god of erotic love. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's more to it. Like in the book of Daniel, for instance, uh, I'll, I'll go to it right now, and Gabriel shows up, right? The the angel Gabriel. Yeah. And uh, and it's in Daniel nine twenty one. It says, "Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, okay, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation." Okay, and the angel, which means messenger, answering this. Sorry, this is not going to Luke. Sorry. But yeah, in Daniel, when Gabriel shows up, Daniel identifies Gabriel as a man, even the man Gabriel. And this is in 921, Daniel 921. And that's a Greek word. That's an untranslated Greek word, angel. So I'm, my view is I don't believe in fallen angels. Um, I do believe in messengers. I do believe that some of these messengers that God sends have supernatural abilities. Look at uh, the story of Elijah. Uh, Elijah, God gave Elijah the power to stop the rain. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty serious. And you know what? I I actually do believe that. I do believe God can give a man, and Elijah, in a sense too, is a messenger. He's an angel. He's on a mission for God. He fits the description of that word, how we think of the word angel. And here he is with a crazy power that God said, you, because of how wicked these people are, you can stop the rain. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and he called fire down from the sky. And like Elijah did a lot of crazy things. And so I'm not going to deny that in a sense, Elijah fits the description of an angel. Um, and he has supernatural abilities. I think that I actually do think that probably happened. If the rest happened, I'm I don't question. If I can prove ninety percent of the Bible, then this ten percent, this little stuff, is not a big deal to me. Um, do I believe in giants? Well, no. I I think that's a mistranslation. I don't believe. Um, I think a lot of the photos that that circle around the internet. Uh, I used to believe in giants. And then someone proved to me that most of these photos were all photoshopped. They were part of a, a Photoshop competition. Who could Photoshop the most realistic giants? Yeah. Um, and um, I felt really stupid. And then Stonehenge, you know, I used to think Stonehenge, uh, only giants could have built Stonehenge. And then I saw a video of a construction worker just using weights and knowing how to leverage things and knowing how to pivot, use pivots. The guy built a miniature Stonehenge all by himself in his backyard. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Did you see that video? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it blew my mind. It's like, wow, if this guy can build that giant, you know, lift those giant stones all by himself, what could a hundred guys like him do? And uh, so, so very quickly, once you realize that a lot of these, the, the pyramids are, aren't as big of a mystery as we think. Um, 
Stonehenge isn't as big of a mystery as we think. Once we start realizing that that we do we do have the power to move and pivot stones. Look at the aqueducts that the Romans built. Like God can do amazing things through us. It's really mind blowing the things you know the things we can do. And I think that guys like Rob Skiba, you know, I think. I don't know. It, it, it limits us. It, it's instead of looking for other, an- it's, it's just, it's easy to just say, Oh, angels. Oh, Lucifer. Oh, uh, giants built it. Oh, aliens built it. No, look a little deeper and you're going to see that you, God gave you the power to move mountains and to build them. And uh, these guys, I think their doctrines just, make man give up they give up trying to figure out how did the pyramids get built how did these amazing things how did man do these amazing things and we just leave it and say it's impossible only you know supernatural do you feel so like i'm kind of rambling i'm sorry uh so no, i'm just saying i'm rambling right now so yeah you can cut it cut cut, cut off <laughs> cut me off anytime um yeah like i guess do you feel like like those beliefs, because um, you're kind of saying that um, it it goes back to like Jewish folklore and stuff. Do you think that that was like maybe like intentionally um, like put I in people's minds? Both. both. I think that, um, for instance, uh, how do you say? In Hebrew, for instance, we, we there's no concept of um, a dark lord of the underworld. In Hebrew, when you die, the word is sheol. This is the Hebrew word for grave, sheol. You go to sheol. And what, now, if you're a, a Hebrew trying to explain to a Greek back then, 2,000 years ago, how do you tell that Greek person where you where you go after you die? You'd have to say to the Greek guy, Hades. You go to Hades. So back then, the Greeks believed that there was a god who ruled the underworld, who ruled the dead, whose name was Hades. So whenever you read in the New Testament, for instance, the word hell. Who's hell? What is hell? Do you believe in hell? Hell is the Nordic equivalent of the Greek god Hades. Hell is one of the Nordic goddesses of the underworld. But to a Hebrew, no Hebrew ever believed in hell. They never believed in Hades. They never believed that you go to, that there's a dark lord of the underworld and that when you die, you burn in hell. Um, to the Hebrew is when you die, you go to the grave and await judgment. And there is a fire, in a sense. That's a cleanser. Uh, even Paul talks about this. If you read... Um, um, let me see if I could find it. Um, the exact verse, I think it's 
Second Corinthians. Um, okay, so listen to what Paul says here very carefully. Okay, This is regarding how, I'm just giving you an example about how things get lost in translation. So what Paul says in First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work and what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So here's the Apostle Paul telling you that hellfire isn't there to punish you forever, that the fire is actually there to save sinners. This, the fire is a cleanser that if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. That in order to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be made clean. And Paul is saying there that the fire is the cleanser. So now to translate from Hebrew to Greek and try to explain this to an ancient Greek, there are there's no way to do it. If you if you say the grave, which is all Jews ever believed in, we believed in, okay, when you die, you go to the grave, and then you go to judgment, and then you have to pay for your sins. And that's what the fire is for, to cleanse you. But to the Greek mind, Hades is the word, and that's the only way the translators can translate that. And the reason why hell is there. Hell is the Nordic god of, it's, it's the, I think it's the daughter, it's the female Nordic god of the underworld. So that's who hell, these are pagan gods. Uh, so these, I think, the translators aren't trying to trick you into believing in Hades. They're not trying to trick you into believing in hell. There's no other way for them to write that and tell you. There's no other way. It was only the Hebrews who had this idea that when you die, you go to the grave and wait for judgment. The others didn't have that. They all had some kind of God you went to, uh, some, some specific God of death, some specific God that ruled, uh, or a God of torment, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's not the translator's fault. There was really no way for him to translate that. So I think that gets translated to us. Uh, but then I do think a lot of them are intentional. A lot of them, a lot of the translations um, are the, the I, I could find the Gnostic fingerprints. Like the more I've studied this, I've been able to make predictions like, okay, well, because they changed this word here, I bet you that when I go to this side of the Bible and find that word, I know that's going to be changed too because so eventually you start seeing the game that they're playing. So some are intentional, yes. Others, during the first century, second century, there was just no other way for them to convey these messages properly. 
I I've never uh I, I've that's kind of the first time I've uh, heard um that whole um <laughs> that whole idea to be honest like I I mean I guess my worldview is then like a mix of uh I I, I guess I don't know if it's Gnostic or, uh, you know, like pagan, if you're saying that it like comes from, uh, like, like the pagan gods. You probably, like a lot of people believe like Christians are on this, this thing. Oh, gotta go win souls. Gotta go save. Gotta, you know, be soul saving. Let me tell you something. Jesus did that. He's the only one who did that. None of us can save anybody. Um, Jesus is it. And Jesus didn't come to save the righteous. Jesus came to save the sinners. Okay. And he's not going to leave anyone behind, no matter how wretched and evil they are. If they don't repent on earth, believe me, they will repent in the world to come. But Paul is clear. First Corinthians 3.15, read it. Check it. Fire is a cleanser. It is. It's always been in Jewish tradition and Hebrew tradition. Um, Yom Kippur, or when when it's uh, not Yom Kippur, so when Passover comes, how do Jews cleanse their pots and pans? They use fire. Fire is the only. You can't wash pots and pans. Uh, there was a special valley. Um, it, it eventually got turned, unfortunately, into um, a place where they made child sacrifice. But Gehenna is another word uh, for hell, but it was where Jews also went to clean their pots and pans. It was a fire pit to do cleansing. It, isn't so, that, that place is also what we know as, um, I think when Christ says, like, I, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Aren't they talking about that area? Gehenna. It could very well be talking about Gehenna, uh, which is, I think that it's just really used in the New Testament too much. Let me try to try to find the exact, I can find, um, but yeah, no, no, like that's a whole other topic that I never brought up with anybody is my views on hell because I, hell is, um, um, you know, um, hell is a Nordic God of the underworld. Why would I believe in a pagan goddess? Yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, Hades is the Greek. you know, I, I believe you and I think that you're a truthful person, but, um, <laughs> That's something that I've believed my entire life, so I'm definitely going to have to do some research myself. Um, oh no! Don't don't believe anything I say. Go check. <laughs> and yeah, otherwise, yeah, no, no. And, and I'm I eventually will. I'm trying to write a book that has everything in it. Yeah. Um, my my problem is my life is a nightmare. Um, and that's, that's really it. It's impossible. I, I'm trying, I'm in survival mode right now. I don't have stability. I'm, I'm, I'm like constantly kind of on the run and, um, 
my life is just, it's just kind of it's kind of tough. So um, I would love to be doing what I'm doing more, but it's just it's just gonna be difficult. Yeah. Um, I've had I just have problems with the government, problems with the police, problems with um, you know I had to leave my home. I'm in a new country now, um, and it's it's just been this never ending adventure while I'm trying to teach and study all this stuff at the same time. So eventually, like, um, hopefully I can very conclusively show you, show up, show everybody, you know, where the mistakes were made, where the translations were, were changed, uh, when they happened, why they happened and do whole books on this. And my goal is to turn Christianity upside, upside down and to present to the world a 21st century view on on how because we're we're stuck in this medieval um um catholic protestant uh, we're stuck in teachings from from guys who couldn't read ancient egyptian guys who didn't have computers to do guys who couldn't even really read the bible like our views the, the power that we have as the average man today at our fingertips just actually study these books ourselves and not not get shot for it, not get burned at the stake because we dared to question the priest. Like, it's you and me are, are pretty much the first generation. I want you to really think about this. You and I are, are two of the first guys in 500 years that can actually walk around and be Protestants and Catholics and not have to worry about killing each other. <laughs> like my mom, my mom's generation, my mom went to school, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 36 right now. My mom, uh, she's born in the fifties and she went to school with priests and nuns as her teachers in Quebec in Canada where my mom grew up. The, the priests ran the, the hospitals, they ran the schools. And you could a Catholic girl could never marry a Protestant boy back then. Yeah. It was still that Protestant Catholic war. We don't live in that environment anymore. You and I are we're living in such a unique time where because they've thrown the Bible in the garbage, guys like you and I can actually go and pick it up. And now for the first time ever, the the average guy can read, can write. We've got we've got computer software to check all these words. We can we can look at the the Greek and the, even if you can't speak Greek or Hebrew, the software will show you how, these are the words the Hebrew and Greek words these guys use to make this sentence. And now you can you can reconstruct it. You can or reverse engineer it now and go okay let's work backwards. So we have so much at our disposal today that has never been possible before. Um, so, and it's a good thing that the men in power have worked so hard to get us to, 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 to just think of the Bible like a fairy tale and that it's, they threw it in the garbage because now guys like you and me can take it out of the garbage and they're not going to burn us at the stake for checking what it says now. Yeah. It's never been possible. This is like, it's really just, just the last hundred years, this Protestant Catholic stuff. And so you and I are really lucky. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it is pretty crazy when uh, you you really start to think about it that, um, I mean, we live in a better time, I guess, for, for people that are more interested and want to learn what the Bible actually says, but also scarier times because now more people are just, like, turning away from the faith, you know what I mean? And I feel like there's less believers. It's good. They're, 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 they're turning away uh, from the doctrines being taught. Yeah. And what's going to happen is when they turn away from the doctrines being taught, they're going to do what I did. They're going to make a bunch of mistakes. And eventually they're going to circle back. And after you've made enough, you're, you're, if you're on a quest for truth, Believe me, you don't have to worry. The truth will find you. Even the scripture says, we do not choose God. We don't choose Christ. They're the ones choosing us. And I'll be honest, when I became a Christian, like it didn't happen overnight. It was like a, a six to eight month war inside myself. Um. It was right after that that day I said to myself that the first okay that my my new rule is I don't lie to myself. My new rule is I go where the truth takes me. That's it. I'm done. No more lies. I don't want to hear any more lies. I don't want to lie ever again. And I don't. I just I can't deal with it. And if I can't be honest with myself, I can't be honest with anybody. And it was, you know, within a year of that moment. I was a Christian, so the truth will come find you if if you you know eventually if you're looking for it. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I agree with that for sure. I mean, I I feel like uh, God chose me as well. You know, um, there was a time in my life where I was really into the New Age uh, type of stuff, really into the occult. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it started getting really dark and scary, you know, and, um, I just feel like God kind of grabbed me out of that and wanted me to start following him, you know, so. Well, he probably also, like I said to you, he takes the bad and transforms it into something good. Um, yeah, for sure. You are pro you're, you're probably a very good guy to talk to. Um, you see how that that you going down that wrong path, you may not not, not at the, at the time known why you were going down that path, but now, you know, especially in the future, if you have to counsel someone on those subjects and on those topics, you know, because you went down there, you know it. Yeah. You you become a more dangerous soldier for God. Because you, you can speak their language. You went down that path, right? So everything serves its purpose. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, so that's uh me too, man. Like I, I have a I have a very I have a very dark path. A very, very dark path. Um I don't talk about my personal life um in 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 or my or my or even really my 
uh, my my conversion or how I really became a Christian. Like that stuff, that that stuff gives me anxiety as it is, just thinking about my past. And um, and to be honest, if I were to tell, I think if I were to tell people the truth about myself, I don't think they'd believe it. Yeah. So I, for me, I don't I don't talk about it, but but. I am too coming from a very dark, a very dark path in life. And, and I look at it as it was, it was battle school. It was, God was training me. He was getting me ready for something. And, um, and I think that's how you have to look at, 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 you know, you going down such, such a dark path. It, it, it all, it'll all make sense in the end. And uh, to me, you sound like a really, really nice guy. You sound like a really honest guy. I really, I really had no idea what to expect when I was coming on here. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Uh, it means a lot coming but, from you. Uh, so. I'm really, I'm really glad. Uh, yeah, I'm really, actually, uh, really glad you reached out. Really glad. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like this, uh, this has been a pretty fun podcast. I, uh, I, I enjoy everything that you have to say and. I'm glad that you got to come on here and kind of, uh, you know, tell your side of like how you believe in things and what you believe in. And and if there's a certain topic you want to go over in the future, like I just had some pretty crazy stuff just now. Yeah. If there's like a, like a specific thing um, you want to talk about, or perhaps, perhaps even I could present, um, you know, like I'm working on a book, uh, but it doesn't mean that I can't share what I've got written down and make a presentation to you to show you. You want to say, okay, you say, oh, Ruben, you're, you're kind of crazy here. You just told me that hell isn't what I think and that the fire is a, the lake of fire is a good thing that where sinners go to be baptized. Like Jesus pretty much said, like you're either baptized in water or you're, like John the Baptist said, I baptize in water, but he who is coming will baptize in fire. But let me tell you that fire baptism is a good thing. I know it. You know, all your 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 loved ones who are wretched, disgusting sinners, people that you know that will never, ever come to Christ, they will suffer loss. But as Paul says, they shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You got to think, man. Jesus says that you rule, you rule with him in the next, in the world to come. Yeah. And if we're all ruling with him, well, who are we ruling over? (laughs) 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 There's gotta be, what what do you mean? We're joint heirs of Christ ruling with him, ruling what? Who? And I think if you read the prodigal son, read that parable in Luke. um, And it's about a sinner two sons, right? The two sons. And the one son sells in his inheritance, pretty much says, dad, screw off. Give me my money. Give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. And he goes and he parties with the sinners, parties all his wealth away. And once he's squandered his inheritance, he's lost everything. He's literally, he has to work as a servant, sleeping with pigs. And he says to himself, you know, in my father's kingdom or in my father's farm, the servants are treated way better than this guy's treating me here. I know I'm going to go back to my father 
and beg him to forgive me and I'll work for him as a servant because even being a servant in my father's house is better than where I am now. And what happens when this wretched sinner of a son who sold his inheritance, what happens when he goes home? His father orders royal robes to be brought, gold chains to be put on his son, slaughter the best cow. And the son, the older, the, the other son looks at him. He's pissed. He's like, father, I have worked for you my whole life. I've done everything you've ever told me. I'm, I, you've never done anything like that for me. This piece of shit, my stupid brother here, he's coming home. He sold his inheritance and you're doing all this for him. What about me? And the father looks at his son and he says, son, everything I own belongs to you is yours. But your brother, my son, who has just returned, yesterday was dead, but now he's alive. And it's just a father rejoicing that his sinful son is coming home. The one son who was angry is the heir who gets everything. And he's upset that his brother's coming home to become a servant in the, in the kingdom. And I think this is this, what, what, what I think is going to happen when we're all dead and gone is the, the, the children who were loyal to their father are the heirs. The ones who sold their inheritance will still be allowed home, but not they've sold their inheritance, whatever that reward and inheritance is. I don't know. It's what Christ promises you. It's, uh, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're given joint you rule with Christ is what it says. Well, who do you rule over? Um, so anyways, um, we can do it. We can do a show on that if you want, you know, we can talk any topic you can think of that bothers your head it might take me a month or two, but yeah, just let me know. And if there's a specific topic you want to go in depth on, um, on or off the record, let me know. All right. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely be, uh, hitting you up about uh, a future podcast i uh i really like the way that this one went and uh, i'm trying to have my podcast be more professional um and like um like have like good dialogue keep, like this keep you know? it. so keep at it and and never be shy um to, to do exactly what you did with me just reach out to people um, you, you'd be shocked. You can get some pretty big names. Um, and all, all it takes is, you know, four or five, uh, big names and, and you're rolling. Yeah, for sure. So just keep at it. And if I could help you in any way, just let me know. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, would, uh, would you like to plug any of your, um, social media? Well, I mean, <laughs> my problem is like, I mean, you can, um, if people want to connect to me, I guess you can connect me, uh, uh, on Gab. It's probably, uh, the best. And I think, uh, my Gab is just at Reuven, R E U V I 
N underscore uh, Matt Matviev, um, M-A-T-V-E-E-V. Um, you can go to my website, like gotmitunes.com. So that's G-O-T-T-M-I-T-U-N-S dot com. But my websites are constantly being attacked and um, you try like on my website, you can find my YouTube, my Gab and, and stuff like that. Um, the best bet is if you can somehow link my stuff for your viewers. Um, yeah, for sure. But, I'll, I'll put, um, I'll put your stuff in the show notes. Yeah. And that's probably the best way for now. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I go through a lot of censorship and like, you know, GoDaddy just sent me a message, okay. uh, saying that my website, all, all my stuff was hacked and, and, and whoever, you know, they all, they got all my information and like, you know, last time I had a website, it just flooded with porn. Like it's, it's, for me, it's just a nightmare. It's just like for me to do anything, I, I need, I need serious backing to do what I'm doing. So, um, well, I mean, but ho- anyways, hopefully, I mean, more people can, uh, start, uh, like giving you donations that maybe you can like start building, um, your platform well, this bigger, is the you first, know, so. This is, yeah. It's, and it's only through crypto and, uh, entropy. Um, this is the first time I've been allowed to take in donations in a long time. Like I've, I have permanent bans on PayPal permanent, like, like once they have your bank account and your, your, your social insurance number, your social security number, it's game over. Yeah. Uh, your, that, that bank account, that bank card links to eBay, links to PayPal, links to Amazon, the moment you have, um, so so I'm in the crypto world now. That's really the only way that I can function. So yeah, so yeah, just link what you can, and yeah, hopefully things change in the future. We'll see. All right, it's in sure. God's hands. Um, I hope that uh, all you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I hope that uh, you guys are, go check out all of uh, the social media that I'm going to link in the show notes, and um, yeah. Uh, see you guys next time. Uh, thank you again thank for you so coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, man. Keep in touch. Take care. Yeah, for sure. Peace, man.